What's up, guys? Welcome to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. I'm Trenton. And I'm Brett. Let's Let's talk. Welcome back to those of you that are out there tuning right now to this show. And I want to go ahead and say, as we get into the show today, I stand corrected. And Brett, I remember hearing the prophecy, and here's what I mean. For those of you who caught last week's show, we had talked about the fact that Kim Clement had made a statement which said, Trump shall be my trumpet. And I was like, I don't remember him specifically saying Trump, but at that point... I actually came across a video this past week where he did say it, and I had just totally forgotten about it. So I stand corrected that specifically Kim Clement did say, The Trump shall be my trumpet. So that's interesting. Anyway, welcome back to those of you tuning on Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. I'm Trenton, and next to me is... I'm Brett. It's good to be back in here today. I thank you guys so much for tuning in to check us out. I really appreciate it. Today, before we get started a whole lot into the show, I want to go ahead and play this clip. And I'm only we're not going to go into a whole prophecy show like we did last time, but I do want to play this clip of what we were just talking about from Kim Clement when he made the statement, Trump shall be my trumpet. And you can take it how you want. Um, maybe we'll put some more videos of that stuff up later this week or sometime. But right now we want to get back to our study in John. So check it out. Here it is, guys. For those of you that are out there listening and would want to hear it, Here is Kim Clement when he makes the statement, Trump shall be my trumpet. Check it out. Trump shall become a trumpet, says the Lord. Trump shall become a trumpet. I will raise up the Trump to become a trumpet. And there you have it. Live on the air. Kim Clement. From And that prophecy, I believe, was spoke in 2007, Brett. 2007, Trump shall be my trumpet. So take it how you want, but he's nailed every prophecy I've seen from him so far, and then there's still some that we're waiting to see come to pass. So You know, if you haven't seen, I know we said this last week, and we're not going to be on this all day today, but if you haven't seen any of that, there's plenty of clips out there that where you can hear a lot of what he said about uh, Trump and how it was all going to take place, and... Uh, it's it's very specific too, Trenton. You know, we were just listening to a clip here before the show, and it's just so specific. And just to see, you know, if you're anything like me and Trenton, you know, we we just we're we're waiting to see what happens. You know, we're excited to see what happens. We're excited to see what God is doing. And it's always it's it's always exciting to watch prophecy and everything unveil right before your eyes. And you know, we're living in a time. You know, aside from the Kim Clement thing and aside from the election and all of that, we're living in a time when prophecies are literally unfolding before our eyes and it's exciting to watch. And that's what makes it so exciting to get back into John today is just to get back into the word and see what God's speaking to the church today. So much so. And the last, this past week was the third week God has spoke to me and told me exactly what to talk about. And the last two weeks, he's had me in Matthew 24, Brett. So we know that that's the eschatology. We're going through the things, and that is at nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. For those of you who want to check that out, you can check us out there on YouTube. And just go see, because God is speaking. And I even mentioned it this past week that I wouldn't even be talking about this if God hadn't stopped me and told me this is what you're going to talk about. Because I was planning to continue a series on Jacob that we had been doing previous to Eddie's 
when Eddie spoke at the church, and God very clearly stated to me, as clear as I'm talking to you guys out there, he said, no, this is where you go. So I know it's there for a reason, and why do I bring that up? Because eschatology is what we're living right now. We are seeing a ton of stuff come to pass, like he just said. Yeah, and I've been in the, <clears throat> excuse me, I've been in the book of Revelation now with, uh, I believe I'm in chapter 12 teaching Wednesday nights at my church, and it took a while because we had the, the COVID break, there where we wasn't meeting at church or whatever but you know i i had same as him i had prayed about it we'd been in first john for weeks and weeks and i was praying about where to go next and it just seemed like everything you know was leading to or was leading to a point where i really feel like felt like we needed to get into revelation and to get people aware of some of the things that we see and how to look at some of these things differently and that's where i've been i'm in chapter 12 so I think the Lord is speaking to the church about a lot of things right now, about getting up and get moving and recognizing where we're at in history. Because, Trenton, I think that there is a move of God that's coming, and I think we need to be aware of the prophecies. We need to be aware of what God says to the church from the book of Revelation, and also, you know, in Matthew and Daniel and places like that, the church needs to be aware so that we know it's motivation, I guess, is the way of looking at it. That's what I've always said is, man, Revelation, it shouldn't be a book of doom and gloom. It should be a book of motivation to get us to get up and get out there and get these people saved. And for those <laughs> of you who don't know what the word eschatology means, I realize I may have used that and some of you may not know it. That's just simply the study of end times is all it is. So the study of the last days, which is what we believe. I believe we're living in the last of the last days. We're seeing things happen. We're seeing things come to pass. And this is really an exciting time to be a part of the church. And when I say church, I'm talking God's church, the, the one group, the one body of people that are moving through this last days. We should have eyes opened. If you don't, you need to be looking into some of that stuff. Not that you have to center in on it all the time, but it's good to be aware of what's going on around you. Because we even talked about the verses past week where Jesus talked about the elect being deceived if it were possible. And that will be possible if you're not in your word, if you're not studying, which is what we're going to get back to today. Before we do that, let me go ahead and say, if you have questions about your Bible, you have things you would like for us to discuss on the air, go ahead and hit us up at the email, which is wait. Let's talk at gmail.com. If you want to have your voice on the air voicing your question, then you can hit us up at the voice message button, which is located at the bottom of the details that describe the episode. Each episode, it's right down there. There's a link to the voice message, which you can leave us, and we will do our best to get it on the air. Make sure you head over to Facebook, check out Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. And I noticed that we got a new like on the page, so. You know who you are out there. Thank you so much for uh, liking the page, and we just hope that you will continue to check back into there. Just go over to Facebook, and if you're listening for the first time, make sure you hit the like button because that's where you will get all of the latest shows. You'll get the latest clips that we put up there for uh, different things that we talk about in the show. Sometimes we put movie clips. Sometimes we put YouTube clips, just different things, and that's where you'll get all the latest info on Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. Today, we're going to be picking up back where we left off in the book of John. We left off in verse 36, for those of you who don't remember. So we are going to be starting right into verse 37 today. We're not going to go back. If you want to hear any of that, you can go back and check out previous episodes where we talk about this. Uh, what was the last one? Episode 22. So this is 23. So check out episode 21 if you want information before that. But today, we want to go ahead and pick up reading. And there is a lot of cool stuff that we're going to be talking about today as Jesus once again Let's the religious knuckleheads have it. And it's it's going to be amazing, so I hope you'll stick around and study God's Word with us. You want to start reading? You want me to read, Brett? <clears throat> I'll go ahead and start, I guess. So we are in 
The book of John, chapter 7, verse 37. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Verse 38, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, Now that, now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to, ready, were to receive for you. As yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. You know, if we jump back up to verse 37, I guess what jumps out at me is the red words. You know, the, the, the red words are the, the words that Jesus spoke. And I don't care how many times we read the Bible, Trenton. When I see the red words and I'm reading them, I'm like a history kind of geek. I think about the day and the moment that Jesus actually said them. And here I am reading his words and reading what he spoke and i don't know it just it's really exciting to me anyway but it says again if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink so you know i get the impression here with verse 37 that he's speaking to those people who've tried everything else you know it's just like people that go around to different places and they're looking for something you know they're looking for god or they're they're trying to find something in their life that makes them happy you know you Everybody probably knows that one, at least that one person that basically does everything else or has to have all of the nicest stuff, but yet they just still never feel completed. They never have enough. They always want what somebody else has. And here, as I read this, it says, if anyone thirsts, if anyone, if anyone needs something that's not been filled, let him come to me and drink. And if he does this, if, if you will come to him and you will drink, as a scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Jesus will give you something unlike you have ever had. He will give you this river of living water that will flow up out of you. You'll, you'll begin to be satisfied with who you are. You, you won't feel like you need to be somebody else. You won't feel like you have to have everything that everybody else has. You'll begin to feel good enough. Maybe is, is that a way of putting it? Or are happy you know i just i see so many people trying to feel like they they can't ever just find that joy because they're always looking for it in the wrong place and i think what i'm trying to say here is if if you will come to jesus he'll show you that joy he'll give you that joy and it'll come up out of you and you'll recognize that it was christ that gave it to you and I'm gonna show my age here. Will actually be me and Brett's age. But uh, you're remember older. That song, <laughs> remember that song by Out of Eden? Did you go with us to the youth encounter when we first heard them and they were singing that song, "Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places"? That's what came to mind when you said that. So they've been looking in all these places, trying to fill that void, and they just haven't found the right place yet, which is Jesus. And speaking of history, we talked about history. Remember, Brett just said he was a history buff. I was I reading a history geek. A history <laughs> geek. The commentary had something really interesting to say about why Jesus uses these particular words when he uses them here. And I thought it was interesting enough that I'm going to read it directly out of the commentary. It comes out of the NIV application commentary. The author is Gary M. Berg, and this is of the book of John. And the section here that we're talking about is the last day of the festival. Check out what he says here. He says, Each day of the feast witnessed a water ceremony in which the procession of priests descended to the south border of the city to the Gihon Spring, which flowed into the pool of Siloam. Or Siloam. I don't know how to say that. There is a there a priest filled a gold golden pitcher as a choir chanted Isaiah 12.3 with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation the water was then carried back up the hill to the water gate followed by crowds carrying a lullab 
in the right hand, which is tree branches uh, reminiscent of the desert booths, and an ethrog in the left hand, which was citrus branches re- reminiscent of the harvest. The crowd would shake these and sing Psalms 113 through 118. So there's a whole lot of psalm there. Remember, they memorized a lot of things back then. When the procession arrived at the temple, the priest would climb the altar steps and pour the water onto the altar while the crowd circled him and continued singing. On the seventh day of the festival, the procession took place seven times. So why does John here specifically mention that it would happen on the last day of the feast? The great day is how it's worded there in verse 37. Because on the last day, they did this seven times. It was very specific and it had a representation. But here's what I found significant. Not only does this water that they would bring represent them being watered by a rock in the desert, and it has different meanings like that to the Jewish people, But the fact that Jesus brings up salvation in this way, speaking about water while they're doing their water festival, because this water festival was to, they were singing about salvation during this time. And what does Jesus say on the spot? He says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So as the priest, I think they were leaving that as the priest was making his last descent into the temple, Jesus was sitting there and he says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He specifically says that. The crowd hear it. They'll know what he's talking about just by hearing it. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. How you get in on that? Through Jesus. That's how we get into that living water. Yeah, it takes me back to some of our earlier episodes, you know, the woman at the well, speaking a lot of the same thing to her. You know, it, it just it just brought me back to that moment. And it's... Jesus is he's consistent with what he teaches you know he's he's trying to bring it to the people and he's trying to get the people to understand who he is and the the love that he has for these people and it's out of his heart will flow rivers of living water if you knew that if somebody had something for you that was going to change your life why wouldn't you go and check it out right mm. i mean why wouldn't why wouldn't you go and if nothing else, curiosity, I think, probably got the better of a lot of people. Even some of the religious... I mean, look at Nicodemus. He was one of the top religious leaders, and curiosity got the best of him. Now, we don't know the complete story on that. We've talked about that. But I think about these these people that are just standing around listening to him. And as we go on down through this, I think we're, <clears throat> some of the people start to question some of this. And so that's where I'm at with it, Trent. I I think people are just, I think you're curious. I think people are going to start to ask questions. And Jesus is standing there ready to give them the answer. Just like he is right now. He's, he's, He's there. He's on the right hand of the Father. And he's waiting for people to just call on him. Mm. Verse 39, actually, John interprets what Jesus said about the rivers of living water pouring out of them. It says there in 39, says, Now this he said about the Spirit. He was speaking of the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given. Because remember, that happened on the day of Pentecost. That's when the tongues started happening. Stuff start, And it just started flowing. So it's symbolic of that coming, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So 
And Nicodemus, I'm glad you brought him up because he comes up again here towards the end of this chapter as we get down to wrapping it up because Nicodemus actually defends what the Pharisees are trying to do here in just a minute. Let's continue reading there unless you got something more you want to add on the living. We can keep moving. 740 says, When they heard these words, some of the people said, This really is the prophet. And they believe that that's referring to the prophet like Moses. So is he a prophet like Moses there? Um, Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, is the Christ to come from Galilee? They didn't know their history. Jesus wasn't born in Galilee. He was born in Bethlehem. He was born in the city of David, which is the prophecy they're trying to refer see, to here. Here you see what speculation will get you. <laughs> you, know, you it, it's okay to speculate some things when you're looking back. Like That's what I like to... Whenever I'm teaching Revelation, I'm like, all right, guys, we can speculate a little bit. Let's toss some ideas around because we're looking at it in a different viewpoint. But what they're doing here is they're speculating who he is, where he's from, who is this guy, what's he here, what's he doing, when really all they had to do, Tritton, was go listen to him and go talk to him. Go up and talk to this guy and stop speculating about him because that's what speculation will get you. You'll get the wrong ideas about people and you get the wrong ideas about the facts. When all else fails, go to the source. There you go. (laughs) You want to know who he is? Go ask him. He'll tell you. So, verse 43 says, So there was a division among the people over him. So, some are saying this is the Christ. Some are saying, is this the prophet? Some are saying... Did what? we skip 42 or did I not hear it? Has not... Oh, you know what? I don't. I did skip 42. Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem? It's kind of what we just talked about. The village where David was. So that once again, there's that speculation Brett was talking about of him coming from Galilee. That's where they knew him to be from. But really, when that prophecy was given, he was born in the city of David, which is exactly where he was supposed to. And if they would have done their research, they would have figured that out. But, and out of the house of David, because Joseph was from the uh, lineage of David. So was Mary, they just tell us by looking at the lineage there in the scriptures. So there was a division among the people over him. Is he the Christ? Is he the prophet? Is, uh, is Christ, did he, he came from Galilee? So they're all talking. It's kind of like reminds you of some churches today. <laughs> they sit there and they discuss mm-hmm. the things that aren't necessarily that important when the message of salvation is right in front of them. And that's what they need to be hearing. But they're too busy to caught up in all the other details. You need to get the salvation thing right first. We'll speculate details yep. later. Yep. And when I say speculate details, I'm not talking about your core values. Um, that we believe, baptism, salvation, um, why we take the Lord's Supper, all of these things. So there is all of that to be interpreted. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. The officers, here's what I found was funny in verse 45. The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, why did you not bring him? And this is the Pharisees talking to the officers. And the officers answered, no one ever spoke like this man. <laughs> so he's yep. done through the officers for a little. Yeah, the officers are standing there hanging on every word that he's speaking and, and teaching them, you know, because, and I think that that's one of the things, and even today, because when God speaks, right, there's no, it's just like you said earlier, you know, when God spoke to you about changing your message, you knew God spoke. Mm. And it's the same, you know, looking at it back then, when Jesus spoke, people listened. They recognized there was something different about this man. And, you know, it's as Christians, whenever we hear God speak, there's no denying that it's him because it's the way that it comes into your head, if, whether it's audible or whether it's not audible. It's the way that the message comes into your head. There's no denying because, man, I've had I've had God speak to me before and it was just completely genius. Like, 
oh my gosh, there's no way that was my thought because, you know, <laughs> I've been trying to figure this out for a month and then here out of the blue comes the thought and it was the correct answer. Mm. So it's that's how Jesus speaks. You know, he, he comes with correctness. He comes with something that's going to lead you down the right path. And that's, Trenton, I think that that's what these people found so fascinating about him is that he spoke to them in a way that they could yeah, he, he's speaking in parables and some people are having trouble, but he's speaking in such a way that it's fascinating them. And they're hanging on every word that he has to say and they want to know more about him. That's why they didn't arrest him is because it, they got captivated by what he was saying probably, mm. you know. And then notice how the Pharisees or the religious knuckleheads responded in verse 47. Pharisees answered them, so have you been deceived also <laughs> or have you also been deceived? That, A.K.A. quit listening because we want you to pay attention to us. <laughs> but check out what they go on to say. This is what I found fascinating. They say, have you also been deceived? Have any of the authorities or the, authorities or the Pharisees believed in him? Yeah. So because we didn't believe in him, yep. you shouldn't believe in him either. Quit thinking for yourself and listen to what we tell you. Sound like anything else you know of today? <laughs> So they're like, well, we didn't believe him, so you shouldn't believe him. And then they go on in verse 49 to say, but this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. It's like, here they are downplaying, downgrading, degrading, I guess is the word I'm looking for. The people basically saying they're idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. We know the law. We're the ones you need to listen to. So they've deceived, he's deceived you if you believe anything he says. That's what they're getting at. They know the law, but that's it. That's it. They know the law. But see, the things that they should know, the things that they should recognize about the Messiah and about the Christ when he comes, they're standing there. And these people are captivated by what he's saying. But the Pharisees are so stuck on themselves and the fact that everybody else is watching them and not paying attention to them or watching Jesus and not watching, listening to the, the religious leaders anymore. That's what they're hung up on. They're, they're, they're just missing all of this stuff. And let's be perfectly clear. The laws they're referring to more than likely are the laws that they've been adding to the text for years. Because we've talked about it in other shows where they had watered it down so much. And I believe it was last time we talked. The authority wasn't there anymore because they had watered it down so much with all their other things they added in that they were missing the word of God. So these people talking about Jesus speaking with authority is because he did speak with authority. He actually spoke the law of God, not the laws you thought should have been added as you went along. You know, I was sitting, I was talking to somebody at church this morning. And we started talking about, um, well, the Ten Commandments had got brought up. And basically, you know, he was saying, whenever I see those Ten Commandments, it's a reminder to me that I couldn't do it. Mm. You know, I couldn't keep those things. And I think that if, go with me here for a second. These people are listening to Jesus teach in a way they've never heard before. They're recognizing that God loves them. They're not, they're not, you know, look at what the Pharisees are saying to him. Mm-hmm. You're all are accur- you're accursed. And now look at how Jesus is speaking to him. I think they're looking at the Pharisees going, I can't never make you happy. Mm. You just, whenever I try to make you happy or whenever I try to do something, you make up another law that says that I have to do it a different way. Mm. And then over here you have Jesus saying, here's the way to the kingdom of heaven. This is how you do it. Come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me and rivers of water will flow up out of you. And on the other side, you have the Pharisees preaching nothing but what leads to death. So that's why the people, I think they're looking to Jesus is because they realize, I can't, I cannot fulfill what the Pharisees and the religious leaders want for me. 
But this man is speaking something to me that I can, one, that I can grab a hold of, and two, I can, I can see him and I can see his sincerity, and he actually seems to care about me. But the religious leaders have nothing for the people other than, you're accursed if you listen to this man. Mm. I mean, think, think about that. Yeah. So he's speaking on a level that they can understand. <clears throat> That's another thing. The Pharisees would always try to talk over their heads so that they could feel smarter. And the people have caught on. Jesus is just coming to their level. Remember, we just mentioned up above in the verses above that their ceremony that was taking place involved water. What did Jesus do? He brought it up in a way they would understand. If you're looking for something, come to me and I'll give you. What did he say? If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So Jesus is bringing it to their level. They can understand water. They can understand his parables. They can understand the stories because people love a good story. If you can tell what you're trying to teach, if you can put it in a story form, I think it's a, I don't know what you call it, statistics or something show that you'll remember it longer. If you can talk, tell it to me in a way that I can relate, <laughs> a story being yeah. one example. I'm going to remember what you said. Yeah, you'll remember more facts about it <clears throat> in a way you can relate to it. And I, Jesus knew what he was doing. I mean, he came for the specific reason of teaching. If he wasn't a good teacher, he'd have been <laughs> wasting his time, right? Mm. He came to teach. He came to give us the gospel. You know, He came for the people that needed him. And he's going to speak to them in a way that's going to get them to recognize that, hey, the system that you've been under, the system that they're over there preaching right now, it's not working for you. I'm here to show you a better way. And even even in the midst of that, like I said just a minute ago, the Pharisees, instead of trying to pull them away from Jesus, they just went to him and said, you're all accursed. And it's how many people probably looked at him and went, you know what, buddy? I'm going <laughs> to, you know, I got a few choice words for you. Mm. And they probably went over and kept listening to Jesus. Here's the verse 50s where I was talking about Nicodemus sticks up for him a little bit. And this would have been after Nicodemus talked to him uh, previously. It says, verse 50 of John 7, Nicodemus, who had gone to him before, and who was one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? And they replied, they replied, listen how they replied to Nicodemus, one of their own. Are you from Galilee too? Search and see that. No prophet arises from Galilee. Mm. So what they're telling him is, go look for the scriptures yourself. You're not going to see any prophets rising up from Galilee. Nicodemus is basically saying, um, we can't condemn him until we know what he's teaching. And since you guys are busy yapping off at the mouth over here, you haven't heard what he's saying. These people are trying to tell you, we've never heard someone speak like this. And all you can think about is how it's hurting your ego. Yep. And it's crazy how, and Nicodemus pretty much lays it out by their law i guess or standard how the what we can't judge him we haven't heard him listen to him first let him give his own testimony what what does he say i want to see all of the i want to see all the other dialogue whenever they said that to nicodemus what did he say like <laughs> you know be like excuse me you know because we know that nicodemus was one of the religious leaders and we apparently it, it seems that he was pretty well up there in, in as far as status and everything in the society there that he was known well and they replied to him, are you from Galilee too? And it's like, they're still, like you just said, search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. Not one of them walked up and asked him, where are you from? Mm. You know, they just went into straight speculation, went into, you know, I, I guess the word that I can see in all of this is that they hate Jesus. Mm. He's changing, he's, he's threatening to take away 
their religious status, threatening mm. to take away their power. And the only thing they can see is how to get rid of them. It mm. doesn't matter who they hurt along the way to make that happen. And I think that that's, I think the people also seen that. The people also recognize that at the time. He's stirring the pot. He's challenging their traditions, their laws. I say their laws, not God's law, their laws that they've added to pile on the burden of the people. And he's challenging that. And they don't like it because they're not used to being challenged. Most people, they consider lame and don't know anything, so they just listen to me teach. But when people start talking back, (laughs) this is how you can truly tell what's inside of a man. What's the Bible say? Our our righteousness is filthy rags and Mm -hmm. out of a heart, uh, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. speaks. So we're seeing their hearts right here. And it's like you just said, they've gotten to the point where they're no longer listening. They just want to find a way to get rid of him. Um, This is the last, uh, well, this is the fall festival before the spring when he was going to get crucified. So we're aiming towards that. We're leaning towards that direction. And this is what ultimately is going to lead to the crucifixion, which he ends up raising from the dead. And they're going to be ticked about that. (laughs) They come up with their own plan. We can talk about that when we get to it. So we'll stop there. Verse 53 we're going to talk about next time. Yeah, we'll get into verse 53 in chapter, also chapter 8. There's some, uh, some information there that we're going to go through and share with you guys before we actually dig into studying that chapter. So, I guess that's the end of the show. (laughs) if you want to talk about something in particular on the show, you got questions about anything we've discussed, go ahead and hit us up at the voice message link, which is at the bottom of the details of each episode, or hit us up at the email, wait.letstalk at gmail.com. We would love to go over that and have Bible study with you. So, this, I'm going to go ahead and sign off and give Brett the stage, I guess you could say, the platform to finish, uh, walk this show out. So God bless you guys. I'll see you next time. All right, guys. Uh, just thanks again for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Uh, we just ask that you would just like and share as much as you possibly can. Yeah, we know that uh, there's been a lot going on in the world right now, but we just thank you guys for those that are continually turning, tuning in, and we just uh, hope that you share it with as many people as you can. So with that said, we'll just go ahead and close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to study your word, to dig deeper, Father God, and to get some understanding of what it is that you're trying to speak to your church in these days. And we just pray, God, for each and every one listening. We pray blessings of health and wealth and, Lord, whatever people need out there, God, that you would supply that need for them. In Jesus' name. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I hope you were blessed and inspired by the content. Do us a favor, go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already, tell a friend, and share this on social media. We would love to share the good news with as many people as possible. We'd also love to hear from you. If you have topics you would like us to discuss on the air, you want to give a shout out, or maybe you just want to say hi, click on the message button below and let us know what's on your mind. Thank you for tuning in. God bless, and we'll see you next time.